Yeah. Are you good? All right. Don't leave us, bud. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Herb. Yeah, we are like, um, we're losing people left and right. You guys need to have more children. <laughs> it's the only way to keep this place afloat. Well, you've, you've done your duty. At least for a while. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> you've done your duty. You've done your duty. <laughs> <laughs> at least you are like, at least all like in the same spot. When I say something judgmental, I'll look over here at this side of the room. I love you didn't even say if. <laughs> when? 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 Yeah. Well, that's kind of the same meaning, isn't it? All right, so a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day and for this time. Um, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Um, and thank you for your love. And thank you for um, our salvation. Um, I've been thinking the last couple of days about um, the kids upstairs and the people who teach and stuff and how grateful I am for them. Um, it's easy for me to forget since I don't have any kids, you know, so I don't have any skin in the game, but, but yet I do. Um, I'm thankful for the parents who take the time out to teach not only their own children, but the other kids who are here. And <clears throat> I just pray that you bless them, Lord. Um, we do want our young people to um, find their hope in you. And, and, and hopefully, I was watching them dance around today when Tim was playing and stuff, and it's like they just have so much joy in them because they haven't had to face the, the jadedness of this, the jadedness of this world, and and it's just a beautiful thing, and it's something that <clears throat> we as adults could probably learn from also. So bless their time, Lord, and um, and and just hopefully they all know that how grateful we are for what they do. Um, be, be with me today as I teach, Lord. Um, um, it's a topic and maybe a way that I'm going with it that um, maybe I don't think it'll be offensive, but just can maybe just conceived as wrong, which is which is okay. I I'm I'm wrong a lot, <laughs> but I still pray, Lord, that through this message that um, it can somehow encourage and somehow. Um, bring us all closer to you and, and strengthen our faith. Again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And in Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. All right. So we, so the next couple of weeks were, well, the next, what, six weeks, we were veering off of the lectionary. And, um, okay, sinuses are bothering me. Sorry that it picks all this up. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember last week, but I told you what the subject was going to be about today. And, um, and, uh, and since it's, you know, that time of the year, it, it, I think it'd be a good time to, um, to talk about this. It's going to take me a while before I get to any scripture, so try to hang in there. If you know anything about how I teach, it's like I like to lay down really good, you know, before I get to the, the juicy parts and all that. So this is also something that I've, I know that I've left a lot of gaps in it because we only have 45 minutes and the one, the one podcast I listened to about this took an hour and 45 minutes and they left some gaps in it too. So, um, <clears throat> so just hang in there with me. Um, um, I think I know where to, what to leave out if I run out of time. So um, um, maybe hold off on questions because I may actually get to whatever, you know, the question is. So. Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen? <clears throat> is God the cause of, of it all or some other force? Now these questions have been asked by all cultures for millennia. Most people usually attribute it to the gods. Somehow people offended the gods and so the gods punished them. That's why people always feared them and would kill things for them. They would make sacrifices, you know, from animals to all the way up to children sometimes. Our Old Testament has at least one account of God causing or at least allowing evil upon people. The book of Job is an Old Testament book that, that tries to tackle the question of evil upon a righteous person. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail of what this story is if you don't know it. Um, um, I'll, I'll let you read that and everything. I think the majority of us here have a, a basic idea how the story goes. Right. But sadly, Job never finds out why he had to go through so much torment and pain and misery. Because he has a lot of bad things happen to him. And though the book kind of gives a reason... It's not a very satisfying explanation as to why he had to go through all this stuff. Scholars believe Job was written sometime between the 6th and 9th century BC, so that's 600 to 900 years before, um, for, before Christ. <clears throat> and though it gives somewhat of an explanation, it leaves one feeling that bad things can happen to anyone at any time. Um, because one, one of the parts, I, and I didn't write this down, that I was thinking about, it's like everybody talks about what Job went through, how awful it was, what Job went through. But nobody talks about the fact that his family all gets killed and stuff, right? It's always about poor Job, and it's like these people get killed too. It's like it's not just about one person going through something. It's through all these people going through stuff. Um, I'm not going to do it. Okay. And... and there is a character in the, in the first two chapters of Job that's pivotal to the story. And that character is Satan. And I thought about doing the, um, 
the staccato thing. I said that, but it's kind of a serious topic, so. But it would have been funny. All right. If you have any acquaintance whatsoever with Christianity, you have heard of Satan, the devil. <clears throat> Jerome, a Catholic priest, translated most of the Bible between 350 and 400, um, 350 and 480. He translated the Gospels from Greek to Latin and the Old Testament from Hebrew, from Hebrew to Greek to Latin. So I mean, Hebrew. He, so Hebrews, the uh, the Old Testament had already been translated to Greek, so he had to translate the Greek into Latin. So we're on, we're on three you know, translations by now. He was the first to use the word Satan as a proper name. But in the original Hebrew, the word is ha-satan, which means the accuser, adversary, tempter, deceiver. And it's more of a position than a proper name. And according to this one website, which I'm sure they're accurate, um, the word Satan appears nine times in the Old Testament. Five times as a political opponent and four times as a divine being. In Job, Hasatan appears to be part of the heavenly court because remember, all the, the, all the all the heavenly court comes to, to God and and he and then um, Satan's there, which leads many to believe he and I have he in quotation marks is an angel. The version of Satan that most Christians know doesn't really actually come from our Bible directly. It comes from non-canonical books and then it's read back into things. That's why um, um, if you uh, if you know the one I think it's Ezekiel about um, um, is it Ezekiel or, or Jim? One of them, Jeremiah, one of them is talking about how the king of, the, king of Tyre and all this used to be the most beautiful and get kicked out and, and all that. Well, they've they've read these other non-canonical books about about something like that, and they read that into it and figure that's what that's about. Okay, Satan isn't talked about as a being. You know, Satan isn't talked about as being the ruler of hell in the Old Testament, but is mentioned numerous times in the New Testament, but without any explanation as to where he comes from. His existence just kind of he just kind of appears, and people accept it. And, and I, I think the one thing we don't take in consideration a lot, and this just dawned on me this morning, or maybe God revealed it to me, between the last book of the New Testament, Malachi, and, and, and Matthew, there's a 400-year gap where nothing has, has been written, unless it's some kind of outside source or something. Many believe that because... Over the ensuing centuries, Israel was continuously being invaded and conquered by other nations. Um, so you kind of know the whole story about, um, you know, Egypt, you know, enslaved them and they got out there. And but Babylon and, you know, Greece, um, um, of course, Rome was a big player. And the theory goes that as the Israelites, and I said theory, okay. And the theory goes that as the Israelites become more indoctrinated into other cultures, they adopt parts of the culture, of that culture's religion. One country that conquered Israel was Persia. And that happened, it's now known as Iran, and that happened in 539 BC. So it's right before that span of nothing in the Bible between Malachi and Matthew. <clears throat> All right, and uh, Persia was home to what many believe was 
the first somewhat monotheistic religion, meaning one God. And that, and I talked about this, uh, I think last Christmas, um, called Zoroastrianism. And in a nutshell, Zoroastrianism, the beliefs are a good deity and an evil deity vying for control, a belief in a Messiah, judgment after death, heaven and hell, and free will. Does any of this sound familiar? All these things are believed in one form or another by most Christians. So does that mean we should all become Zoroastrianists? Did Christianity just simply rip off other beliefs from some other religion? I, I can't say for sure that's what happened. I, I, but I do know that faith is far more nuanced than a few selected tenets and beliefs. But I also like to think that God has been trying to reveal himself to all people through all cultures for a long, long time. And, and so, the, so the idea of thinking that Israel incorporated another system's belief, what I'm trying to say is perhaps God was revealing that through these other people. Uh, if you think about it, God is giving credit or blame, however you want to look at it, for um, other countries being conquered. Israel conquered these people or God would send some country into this other country to, to um, punish this other country. So if, if we believe that is true, then why could not God be working through another nation to reveal himself to the people that he's chosen? Because you, you got to kind of remember, too, that um, Israel um, wasn't very good at um, being faithful. Because there's no denying that culture influences perception. And the idea that there is essentially two entities, one good and one evil, fighting, fighting for control, helps solve the question, where does evil come from? You guys with me? Okay. <clears throat> but we believe there is only one God, not a God and lesser gods. Because a lot of Christians have given this Satan character godlike status. But we see in the Old Testament that the Satan is basically like a prosecuting attorney making accusations and challenging people's faithfulness and commitment to God. Because that's what the story of Job is about, is, is the Satan tells God that the only reason why Job is faithful to God is because God gives him everything he wants. But by the time of Jesus, Satan had become the ruler of hell and demons and was blamed for wreaking havoc in the lives of people. <coughs> Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, and James, it sounds like I'm talking about the Beatles there for a minute, in the New Testament seem to speak of Satan, the devil, as a metaphysical being. So Satan and devil, they are the same original word translated from two different languages. Um, I think I think the guy said that the devil comes from is from the Greek and the and diablos or whatever you hear about that sometimes the spices are really hot they call it you know and but it's, it's also where we get our word diabolical so but they're but the devil and Satan are are the same they're interchangeable which is interesting because because Jerome capitalized Satan and everything but he didn't capitalize devil.
he actually like kind of flip flop stuff and said that that the prop the the that the devil is kind of like the um, position and the name is Satan, which I didn't delve into why he he did what he did, but apparently he did. Okay, so if we trust the Bible at all, it's hard to deny that it's hard to deny the existence of Satan. So the question is, does Satan exist in a physical form and cause all the evil? Nobody wants to answer that? We're waiting on what you say. No. <laughs> Rebuke. No one in their right mind can deny that there is a real evil in this world. Be it big evil or little evil. And kind of use your imagination when I'm talking about that, you know. I mean, I mean we all know things like the Holocaust is a big evil and, and somebody stealing $5 is a, is a little evil. But we, I think we both know, we all know both, but there's more than two of us in here, know that it's, um, it's evil. <clears throat> but to place the blame on a single entity seems like a convenient loophole for not taking responsibility for our own actions. The old montage, you know, the devil made me do it. One of the fruit of the spirit is temperance, which is self-control. Sometimes by King James, it kind of comes out in me. Um, but it's one of the fruit of the spirits. It's fruit of the spirit, and and we need self-control because we have free will. And I'm assuming y'all understand the concept of free will—that we have the choice to do whatever we want. Okay. Perhaps there is some physical supernatural being causing hell upon Earth, um, because. I think, I think if you don't believe in some sort of supernatural in Christianity, then Jesus basically has become a philosopher. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I wish I was smart and understood things like string theory and all that because it talks about multi-dimensions that are going on right now as we sit and stuff. And, and I would like to delve into that, but I'm, I'm too stupid. I'm not as dumb as I think I am, but I'm I'm smarter than, uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps we are personifying evil, giving it a name, and using it as a scapegoat. Because we ourselves don't like to imagine or admit that we are capable of being evil. We may be sinful, but surely we aren't evil. <clears throat> One of Satan's, or perhaps our own greatest deception is to convince ourselves that something God calls evil can actually be good. I'm, I'm waiting for the pitchforks to come out. Okay. God, has given, God has given us free will to make our own choices and decisions. I do believe God tries to lead us in the right direction, but God never forces us to follow the right path. God allows us to go the wrong way if we so choose. Our temptation to follow the wrong path and to choose to do the wrong things can and do come from our own minds, not necessarily from an outside force called Satan. Do you guys agree with that? Okay. 
Okay, now we're finally get to some Bible. All right, this is not showing up. Come on, there we go. It's Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. I have the wrong translation. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There we go. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor in God's right hand. Think, think, think about the things of heaven. Think, not the things of earth. <clears throat> For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things. I hate this thing. Does it every time? Go away, please go away. It's not, not like that. Wait a minute. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming, which would be an interesting thing to talk about too. Uh, you used to do these things when, you're, when, you're, when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. I'm afraid to touch it. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off the old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn. What do you, what do you, how do you learn? With what? Your mind, your brain, yeah. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. All right, so so Paul's going through all these things about what to get rid of. He never once says that Satan causes any of this. He says every time this is something that it's working within us, it's it's us. It's it's already in our minds and everything, right? So it has nothing to do with any outside source doing this. It's just it's just it's it's part of being an uh, earthly human. Um, now they are inside they're inside our heart and in our soul and in our mind and that's why Jesus says to love God with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind and that's in Matthew 22 okay alright so let's talk about some other accounts that mention Satan What are you guys thinking so far? Just thinking how evil we are. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, the battlefield is in the mind. You have, you have the ability to choose whether to act on it or whether to choose to do the right thing. And sometimes people's ideals of right and wrong are twisted. That's true. I mean, I know plenty of people that I think the things they believe as Christians are evil, and they'll tell you to a dying day that, that they're good. I mean, all right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about this. This is Matthew 16, and then it's a fairly familiar passage. Um, this is, what causes that? Make it stop. Ha, <laughs> 
Swipe? Are you swiping it? No, swipe down. Swipe. <laughs> Not from the top. <laughs> Different kind of swipe. Oh, that's simple. I'm telling you, man, I, it's like. All of us are just like, oh my gosh. I should be president because there's no way I know how to push the button. Um, <laughs> all right, so this, this is the account of. <laughs> okay, so this is this is the account of, of Jesus and everything, right? So, um, this is uh, so he goes through this anyway. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day and be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, "Far be it from you, Lord! This shall never shall never happen to you." But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So, how have you always interpreted this, this passage? It's crazy. That Peter was unknowingly working on behalf of the devil. Okay. But he was doing it by trying to stop something that we would all think a Christian should try to stop, which was somebody being murdered. Right. But why does he call it? He calls him Satan. Why does he call him Satan? Doesn't that mean adversary or opponent? Uh-huh. So he's saying, you're, you're not with me. You're not on the same page as I am. Who's he? Well... Not necessarily Peter, but the ideals that he has. I, I think that Jesus is calling Peter Satan. Because for the reasons you just said, he's trying to stop something and he's being an, an adversary. And I, I, I don't believe that he is saying that. Because Jesus would have said something like, come, come out of him, Satan, or something. Not get behind me. Oh, before? Yeah. Uh, the below where it says Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Verse 21. Yeah, verse 21, that time Jesus. Uh -huh. Okay. So it's like Jesus was saying that he was going to be taken to the chief priests and scribes, be killed, and on the third day be raised again. And then right. Peter's like, no, this can't happen. Right. But what I'm trying to point out, though, is I've heard that, I've heard preachers say, you know, Satan went inside Peter and, and all this. And it's like, I don't think so. If you don't capitalize Satan and it's not a person, it becomes a position. But since it's been translated for the past one and a half centuries, it's, it's always seen as being a proper name. So um, you think the Bible's wrong? I think perhaps the translation is wrong. <laughs> Not the Bible. All right. Um, um, think about, think about um, Jesus' temptation in the desert. Because that definitely comes across like, this is that Satan took him. God led, him, God led Jesus to the wilderness and then Satan took him places, right? And it's about like, if you're hungry, make these rocks bread. And, you know, and if you, you know, bow down to me, you can have all these kingdoms and all this stuff. So that comes across like that there is an actual being with Jesus 
tempting him. But if you look at the name, at the word not being a name, but a position, it, and um, one of our friends we all know has this dance on it, and um, it, it, and I've heard others talk about this too, that it's actually Jesus fighting with himself. And <clears throat> because Satan's saying that if you bow down to me, you can have all these kingdoms because they've been given to me, which is which can be probably interpreted as if you do, if you try to be king like other kings do by going in and conquering and killing and taking over, you can have all these kingdoms. And, and so Jesus is like is weighing about how is he going to go about doing this, and then that's when he does scripture and realizes what what God says about it and all that. So there's a there's a lot of people who actually think that that is just Jesus wrestling with himself. I'm, I'm one of these guys that's like, I'm okay either way. I mean, I, I'm okay either way. Um, but, I, but I also like the idea that, that it shows Jesus' humanity in the whole thing, that he's, he's, he's fighting really hard to be one of us, and he wants to be more like God. And, okay. All right. And, so, and then there's another one where... Um, in, in, in Luke 22, uh, while they're having the Last Supper, um, it says that, that Satan entered Judas, and Judas went to, to um, um, betray Jesus. And so that definitely gives the impression that Judas is sitting there, and then he gets possessed, and he, and he goes and does his thing. Even though Jesus says, you who's going to do what you're going to do, go do it, you know, all that. All right, but but the way that it's that it's it's worded, it says that Satan enters enters Peter. I'm Peter. Satan well, he had um, Saint, Saint enters Judas, and then Judas does his thing. But in Matthew, it says that when Judas realized that Jesus got condemned, he changed his mind, and he went back and he threw the coins at the priest and everything, and said, you know, you know, I've innocent blood and everything. But the point is. He changed his mind. That's why he did it. It wasn't like he realized that he was possessed by something and then he was sorry for being possessed. It, it, I, th I think, in my opinion, the proper way of reading that is he did an evil thing. So that's kind of putting words to saying that Satan entered into Judas because he decided to do something evil. Does that seem to make sense? Or blasphemous. Well, one thing that I I don't like about the view that Satan just went in and took over someone's body is it sort of gives them a free ticket, and it even in Judas's case makes me think like, well, was Judas a bad person? Because right. he maybe had no control over this. But if you take the perspective that this is evil being played out inside Judah, Judas, right, right. then to me it, it does make more sense. It, it, the story holds together better as opposed to the other views. Because well, the little bit I read and the people I listened to, they, they said that, you know, they, it's never explained why Judas betrayed Jesus in the first place. So you have to kind of like just try to figure it out. And, and most seem to think it's because um, Judas was one of those who really thought that, that Jesus was going to be a, a, a warrior. 
and he was going to slay the Romans and get Israel back. And after he found out that that wasn't how it was going to happen, that he was actually going to go get killed, he he changed his mind. He got mad, but then he and and it's interesting because I heard a few years ago that the Catholic Church was even thinking about uh, making Judas a saint because none of this would have happened if Judas didn't do what he did. But I think I think where they stall at that is like, well, Judas didn't do it because Satan did it, you know. So how do you get past all that? So. Now I will I will readily admit I didn't tackle the things about demons and all that. So time. All right. So we started out by asking, why is there evil in the world? <clears throat> All right. This is this is this is my um, my attempt to try to explain it. Okay, and maybe we can get our first clue from the creation story in Genesis, because God says, "Let there be light," and then there was light, and God separated the light from the darkness. The writer of Ecclesiastes states that there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance. Do you see the pattern in these things? You guys singing the song right here? Do you see the pattern? With everything, there's an opposite. And it's kind of just a natural result of things. You can't have happiness without sadness. Because if you don't have sadness, you don't even know what happiness is. It just, it just is. You can't have left without a right, west without an east, and good without evil. And the opposite of God is not Satan. The opposite of God is not of God. Okay? You don't you don't if you say that Satan is the opposite of God, you are actually making Satan equal to God. So, is there a real living existing being called Satan? What do you guys think? Got a couple of minutes. Like lightning. Or like lightning. Right. Um, the one thing that I didn't read a lot on that, it did pop up because I looked it up. Um, it it does happen after he sends the 70 out and the 70 come back and they talk about how they can um, cast out demons in his name. And then Jesus says, I saw Satan fall as lightning from the sky. And then he goes on. He goes on. Um, I'm, I'm a big, I, I, I kind of think that these non-canonical books, some of them were around um, in, in Jesus' time. They just didn't make the canon, you know, in the, in the 300s or whatever, because if, you, if you've, I haven't read many of them or just parts. I've heard more about them, but they're like, they're wacky. I, I guess they're, I mean, they're like, there's some really, really, you know, trippy stuff in it. Um, and for all I know, you know, 
if, if, if God meets you where you're at, right? I, I, I talk about that a lot. And I think people think like, well, that means if, you, you know, if you're a drug addict, you don't have to get clean and go to God. It, it, it can mean that, but I also think that God just knows where the culture is also. And, and, and I can't verify all this. This is just kind of how I wrestle with my faith that I think God kind of makes it like how you want it to be. And if you believe that there is a, there is a, a, an angel who rebelled, then Jesus would use that to convey a message, right? It, it, it doesn't necessarily, it's that whole thing about, it doesn't have to be fact, it has to be true. And the truth is, if you're, if you're relating Satan getting kicked out of heaven for that, he is just saying, Jesus is saying that, that Satan lost because they went out and, and healed people from their demons and stuff. So I, I, I don't necessarily think that Jesus is saying that he visibly saw anything. I th- I th- uh, and, and it's hard to say, you know, we're talking about language from 2,000 years ago. I mean, I'm pretty sure that 2,000 years from now, I, I can't keep up with all the lingo now you, you, you young people do. I, have no, I saw something on there about yeet. On, it's like, what is yeet? <laughs> I had to dig up my urban dictionary, and it's like, they got a word for yelling? It's like, That's what it's, it it's called yelling. Yeah. Uh, it's like an excited, yeah, like, happy about it. Oh, like a yeet? Yeah. 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 That's the way she uses it. <laughs> I've been making that sound for years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, though, because it's like they made a name for a sound, and it's kind of like the whole thing with Satan. They, they've made a name for this evil activity that goes on. Okay. <laughs> so is there a real living existing being called Satan? I almost opened this up as saying you'll probably have more questions than answers after all this. <clears throat> I see Satan, I see this Satan Every time I hate my enemy or my neighbor. Every time I deny God by my thoughts and my actions. Every time I convince myself that my hate is justified. Every time I covet or have anger or wrath. When I don't love or forgive or have joy or peace. When I'm impatient, when I'm not gentle or kind when I decide not to have self-control. And, and I think that is something that a lot of people, whether they're Christians or not, have a hard time admitting. That they just say, I just can't quit. And it's like, you don't want to have self-control. That's all it is. And, 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 and I, I'll tell people that it's like, you know, and I tell them much I used to smoke, and they're like, how would you quit? It's like, I stopped. It's like, yeah, but what'd you do? It's like, I just didn't light another one. And what they're asking is, how did you do it easily? And it's like, man, it, it was, it's simple to quit, you know. I mean, quit drinking, doing drugs, all that kind of stuff. It's simple. You just don't do it. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means it's simple. It's not complicated. If you don't want to smoke anymore, you don't like the cigarette. It's like, there is a real adversary deceiver called Satan and it's me, and it's you.
So let us put to death the sinful earthly things lurking inside us and to remember that our lives are hidden in Christ and he is our life. I thank you, Lord, for revealing to us that that through discipline and faith we can be more like you. That blaming something else or someone else for our shortcomings, for our bad decisions, is just a way to not... Blaming somebody else is, is just trying to convince ourselves that that yes, we may be sinful, but we can't be evil. And we're all capable of doing evil things, just as we're all capable of doing good things. I, pr- I pray, Lord, as um, we go through life, that the choices we make, how we, how we treat other people, how we, I'll even go as far to say, how we um, treat the environment and animals and stuff like that, that we are in control of how, of how we are. We can't change our height and things like that, which is, I remember Jesus saying that about, you know, you can't change your hair and all that. And, but there are things with our mind and our heart and our soul that if we trust you, believe that what you t- tell us is good, that we can be, that we can be more like, like Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we, that the one thing that we do learn from Jesus, not only our attitude in life, but how to live our life with the attitude of being sacrificial. Because Jesus was willing to give his life because he loved us. And as we come and we partake of the bread, which represents his body, and as we dip it into the juice, which represents his blood. And as we eat it, I pray that it, it, it strengthens us spiritually, but also a reminder of that is how we are also supposed to live. That Jesus is the example of how to live if we truly want to follow him. Thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Thank you for your love. And I pray, Lord, that we work on ourselves to learn how to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.